Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Happy New Year, happy 2023 Sixers Nation. What up? What's going down? What's happening, all y'all? Uh, it is Adil Royster on the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Had to get a stand-in tonight because uh Dave Early had some uh had some family uh issues to attend to. Maybe not issues, but he had a family uh thing to handle. Uh, much love and respect, Dave. Hope everything's good. But uh, stepping in because the show must go on. Longtime friend of mine, longtime colleague, Jovan Alford, editor of Total Sports Live. I've podcasted with him before a thousand times on other podcasts like Total Sports Live podcast or uh, Philly, uh, Philly Sports Podcast with my man John Brown, who's been on the Liberty Ballers podcast network before. So now now I'm calling Joe Vaughn in off the bench. Joe, how you doing? I'm good. I'm glad to be called up from the G League tonight on a it's on not short the G League. Stop it. <laughs> no, I'm saying I like that I'm glad to be called up and being promoted up to the big leagues from the G from the G League. So excited to be on. Talk about a Sixers win. This is way more than a 10 day contract. I have you on speed dial when I need you. It's not that it's not like that at all. <laughs> I'm shuffling back and forth. <laughs> all right, cool. That'll work. That'll work. Not nice two way contract. Um there you go. So Sixers win 121-11 to the New Orleans Pelicans after losing to them on Friday night. After that Friday night game, uh, the the focus definitely slowing down C.J. McCollum. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like, good God almighty. I only watched like half of that game because I was just starting seeing highlights and things come across the Twitter timelines. Like, well, I could probably turn this game off. Like, this this one's kind of a burner. Like, C.J.'s on one. Yeah, probably, probably don't need to watch this much longer. Uh, what did... Did you watch any of that uh, Sixers-Pelicans game in New Orleans and get kind of the same feeling? Mm, I didn't get a chance to didn't get a chance to watch them play in New Orleans a couple of nights ago. But when I saw CJ McCollum's stat line, <laughs> what he yeah. was going from behind the arc, when I saw eleven, what at one point it was like eleven out of sixteen from three, and I'm like, I'm like, hold up, is this Steph Curry on the court? And when I saw that, I was just like. Yeah, I don't think the Sixers are going to win this one. Not this fast. <laughs> and, like, what's hilarious is that the Sixers are a top-five team in terms of defending the three-pointer, and I'm like, uh, right. okay, great. <laughs> uh, so this is this looks nice. But to their credit, there was some uh, adjustments that were made. Uh, you saw the game start, and I don't know if you saw it, but there was a lot less drop coverage on those McCollum pick and rolls. Did you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot less because they learn, right? They learn you gotta you gotta make adjustments, right? Anytime you get lit up from three point range like that, it'd have been it'd have been okay if it was like forty points on some mid range stuff. But when you get lit up from behind the arc, you gotta make an adjustment, and that's something that Doc Rivers teams don't do so well. So the fact that yeah. we saw that that was a positive. And when we talk about. Uh, the drop coverage and something that gets employed by the Sixers defense all the time. We've been talking about that for years and they just seem to still want to do it. And they still mm-hmm. get like barbecue chicken, like <laughs> by the really good three point shooters. So it was nice to see that little, uh, that little switch. I mean, McCollum didn't have a bad game. He still had 26 points on uh nine and 16 shooting, but much better defense against McCollum in this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely much better defense from McCollum. I mean, to hold him to what? He only had, what, eight three-point attempts tonight? That whole attempts the whole game, yeah. That that's, 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 that's impressive, right? Because now you're going to force other people to beat you and try to shoot and try to beat you from three. And they did, right? It was like, okay, we're going to hold McConnell from three, but we're going to try to see if Trey Murphy can beat us from three. Zeke Naji, who had five attempts. You know, even Graham and Alvarado got into the three-point chance, but they didn't do they, – they didn't really make anything from three. So when you do that and change it up, it changes the whole entire – you know, defense and an offensive scheme for the Pelicans. Valanciunas even came in with two uh, three-pointers that looked like, you know, just total brick shots. So it was like, wait, how did <laughs> they, those go in? They were straight on. They they had no arc on it. It no was just straight on to the rim. I've seen five-year-olds shoot better three-pointers than that guy, but whatever, he still hits them. Uh, the Pelicans did shoot close to 38% from three, but uh, yeah, six shot forty three percent from three, and a lot of that was uh, Mr. Minivan George Niang, five of yes. nine, fifteen points. I just love saying "bang bang" George Niang. Shout out Kate Scott for coming up with that one. That's great. Can we? If there's not a T-shirt for that, can we get that on a T-shirt? You gotta get. You gotta get that on. The, you gotta get that on a T-shirt. That's like her <laughs> go-to. That's like her go-to saying. And when she's saying it multiple times in a game. You know the Sixers are having a good night offensively. But between that and calling him the minivan, when those two things are rolling and he's rolling, whew, it's, it's special. It, it's special, and they need and they needed him tonight, man. They needed right. him tonight because we saw in that la- in their last game against against New Orleans, they didn't really get much of anything from their bench, really. And you know what their leading score off the bench a couple nights ago was Maxi with nine, and then Niang had eight. Right but now, you fast forward to tonight, you get. 15 from Niang and 12 from Maxi. So big difference. And when Niang is sitting from three with him on the floor, where you have Harden and Melton and, you know, a couple of other guys on the floor, it then makes defense focus on say, oh man, we can't, we can't leave him open. We actually have to rotate on defense and he made them pay tonight. And one, and he got, and you knew they were in a good shape when he was hitting them early and in rhythm. I, right. They were in great, they're in great shape. In the first quarter, he had like two threes right off the bat and then four from five from three in the first half. And that's just you have to have that early to make teams respect and uh, give Embiid the spacing that he needs and harden the spacing that he needs to operate. Mm-hmm. You, you you have to. And when they're knocking threes down, that's when, like we said, Harden's able to, you know, do his, you know, dribble drives to the rim the paint's not clogged up because, oh, yeah, you got to worry about George and Yang, you know, hitting from three. So it it all worked out for him tonight. And I think this is something for them to build on. 
what now two straight wins yep. going into next game against the the Pacers, who have been a very fun team to watch this season so far. So nice. I think it's a very, very good win. A win that they needed, you know, to start off the, you know, to start off the new year and improve to what 15 and five at home. It's impressive. I'll get to the upcoming schedule in a minute because there is a there is a thought there for me. But uh, Harden finished with 27 and 8 and beat another 40 piece, 42 and 11 off 24 shots. Gotta give him his MVP votes. Just saying. Uh, we Just can, saying. we can, that, that's something that we can say for the second half of this podcast because I have, I, the second half of this podcast is going to be New Year's resolutions for the Sixers. And then I, I also have a closet one for the NBA that I didn't tell you about. Um, oh, man. So, the Pelicans in the second half, and I, this is a thing that I've commented on for years. It's those third quarter Sixers mm-hmm. where, like, for whatever reason, uh, you know, halftime adjustments fine, but Sixers seem to struggle in a lot of third quarters. And you saw the Pelicans go on that run. Zion went five for five in the third. He didn't finish the entire game because of hamstring stretch, but. Had Zion not gotten hurt, like I feel like this game could have gotten away from us, man. Yeah, and I, and that I think that was huge, right? Because you lose a guy like Zion, who, like you said, he started out the third quarter what four for four, five for points. five. Yeah, he he was on fire. So not having him again, not having him already on a team that did not have Brandon Ingram coming into this game, huge offensively for that Pelican squad. Because now again, you're forcing guys like Najee Marshall and you know. And, and Trey Murphy to beat you, and you're, you're asking Herbert Jones to put and Herb up like- Jones, right? <laughs> and Herb Jones to put up, you know, points. Even though Herb Jones is a very good defensive player, the young player offensively, his game isn't there yet. Yeah. So when there's no Zion, it's a lot of pressure. And for the Sixers, they kind of got lucky because if Zion was still playing, we saw what he was doing earlier in the game and throughout the game before he got hurt. He was getting to the basket at will. I mean, right. even even to start the game, he had. Did you see him split the defense to start the game? I mean, that was just incredible. And like, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. He's big man, and he's like he's out there playing football. But like at the same time, he's still graceful as hell sometimes when you watch him play. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so it's it's smooth when he plays. It's, it's not very like smooth. It's not like someone that you're watching it and you're just like, oh man, he just looks like a baby giraffe just out there, just falling all over the place and trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's just he plays with a he plays with a powerfulness, but like you said, it's smooth at the same time. Twenty six, six and seven is what he had before he went out, and like like you said, thank. I mean, not to like you know praise an injury, but you know, thank God he got hurt because yeah. I don't I don't know if the Sixers win this game if he doesn't get hurt in the second half. Yeah, you, you don't know because there was a certain point it was still a little bit close. And we know, again, Zion can get, you know, his points in a variety of ways. He can take you to the basket, take you inside the paint or we saw him. He can he can knock down some shots, too, from the three point line. He so when he's have locked, that range. He, he has that range. And if CJ McCollum, if you have him and CJ on the floor, that tell that that forces the Sixers to play an entirely total uh, an, an entirely different defense. So not having him, you know, was huge. But the Sixers still had to close it out at the end, and they did a they did a good job of closing it out too. The other thing that was monumentally different from this game as opposed to the game in New Orleans was the turnovers. Sixers only had nine turnovers in, in this game. The Pelicans lived off of uh, points off turnovers in that game against New Orleans. So it was nice to see him lock that up as well this time around. 
Yeah, I mean, what they only had nine turnovers tonight, and then a couple nights ago they had eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> and you win and lose games with turnovers, and I think I saw a stat before we recorded that the Sixers only had what one turnover in the second half. One turnover that's, in the second half. That's good basketball when you're that's- taking care of the ball. You're creating offense, and you're not giving free baskets and offense to the opposing team. Now, I want to get into the schedule, as you pointed out. You kind of hinted to it. I got to say, the Sixers' schedule next the next week, week and a half or so, very favorable. So, Indiana, Detroit twice, Chicago, Oklahoma City again, Utah, and the Lakers. Not a whole lot of uh impressive comp there except maybe the jazz and uh, listen say what you want about the jazz but they're they're scrappy they're they're playing Mm -hmm. some inspired basketball so i'm not writing them off and then you know the lakers have lebron james but they don't have anthony davis so i mean there's only so much you can be afraid of uh there and then the 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 pistons are the last the last place in the eastern conference and the Bulls are not doing all that great. Like with the Sixers now 22 and 14, they could go on a nice little run here, and they're only three and a half games back of the of the one seed. They're not they're not too far back of the Celtics here. No, they're not. And the schedule, like you said, it plays out favorably for them. That Pacers game is going to be interesting because we know this Pacers team, just like we said about the Jazz, right? Very scrappy team. They're they scrappy are very scrappy team. Halliburton, Matherin, you know, Buddy Hill, like those guys can put up points in a hurry. And the Matherin Sixers again, might be rookie of the year if he's playing like this. He might. He, I, I, I was on, I was on his uh rookie of the year odds early in the season. So I, I think he, I think he's there because, like you said, even though he's not like putting up like numbers like Bancaro, he's still been right, just productive every game they play. So that's going to be a good, a good matchup for him, and they should win that one. Chicago, like you said. This is a team where we don't even know <laughs> like yeah. what they are. Like sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. You don't know. So you look at just what they have before they go on that West Coast road trip. It's not horrible. The West Coast road trip is, I think, is gonna be very interesting because of just how it's scheduled and laid out. Yeah. Utah, like you said, they have Utah and then the Lakers back to back. They have so, Utah, they have Utah. So the West Coast swing goes like this. It's Utah. Utah Lakers back to back, followed by the Clippers two days later, and then Portland two days after that, and then they finish up in Sacramento on the twenty first. And Sacramento and the Sixers have not been a good place for the Sixers no. as of late over the years, especially. And it always seems like the Sacramento game always comes at like the end of a uh, of at the end of the road trip every time it seems like it. And this Sacramento team is a different Sacramento team because they actually play defense. Yeah. They actually have, they actually have good players and they can shoot a little bit. So that might be a tough one for them. So if you're the Sixers, you got to try to pick up as many wins as you can before you go out, before you go out West, because after you come out West, you don't have, you don't, you don't, you have two nationally televised games coming back home against Brooklyn and nuggets later this month. Yeah. And I, I don't want to circle the calendar too far ahead of time, but like I, I know Brooklyn is they've won 10, 11 straight, something like that. And everybody wants to see that matchup and where the Sixers stand against the squad right now. But just let's just rack up some wins and just let the chips fall where they may, as cliche as that sounds. 
that's 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 what you have to do right you can't you can't look forward you just gotta you gotta handle business against teams you gotta handle business right you gotta handle business against indiana if you lose to chicago that's cool because if you can then sweep detroit you could sweep detroit and then take and then take down okc before going into the road trip that means you would go what four and one potentially yeah in the next five games i think any sixers fans would take would take that going out before going out west Let's take care of business against the Pacers here on Wednesday, 7 o'clock at the crib in South Philly. Speaking of taking care of things, we're going to step aside, take care of these ads, satisfy the sponsors. It's the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network post-game edition. Dio Royster kicking it here with Jovan Alford, of editor of Total Sports Live. We'll be right back after these words. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is the Out of Sight Podcast post-game edition. Jovan Alford, editor of Total Sports Live, stepping in for my usual partner, Dave Early. Uh, Dave will be back next week. Shout out, Dave Early. Love you. And, uh, yeah, no... uh, no, no yams prosecuting today. I, I didn't see anything ridiculous over the weekend. However, since it is the new year, I thought it would be fun. And I kind of wish Dave would be here on this because I would just love to hear him say New Year's resolution. Uh, the Sixers should trade for Kevin Durant, just like he says on every podcast. Um, but we're going to do some New Year's resolutioning. And I am going to kick things off, if you don't mind. Um, as, me. as good as the Sixers have looked recently with their rotations and how they've played against, you know, all the against everybody that they've had to face, everything looks okay. But what I would like to see, I would like to see a lot more Matisse Thibel minutes. I know, uh-huh. I know he doesn't shoot that well from outside. But when I watch a game like the Pelicans game in New Orleans, and then I watch him against the Thunder and how he was instrumental in shutting down SGA, I think that Matisse has to, at least there needs to be more of a demonstrative split between the Tucker minutes and the Thibel minutes, especially when you are going up against these teams with multiple wings for example, Boston, or for example, Brooklyn, or even sometimes maybe even Milwaukee. Uh, you need more 
wing defense minutes than you do guys that can, you know, bang with, you know, the Giannis's of the world. I have been off the PJ Tucker signing since it happened. I didn't think it was a great signing. I am not shy in saying this. I just think that with the way the Eastern Conference and the NBA is so wing oriented, I didn't think that was a signing that was necessary. I think it was a knee jerk signing to a reaction from Joel Embiid saying that this team needed toughness. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it now, we look at how PJ looks in the starting lineup. And listen, I want to see some more Matisse Thibel in these in these games now because wings are starting to torch the hell out of us. And the guys that were the guys that PJ are supposed to slow down, quote unquote, they're getting right by him. And that has maybe has something to do with uh, his injury coming into the season and him not feeling right. Fine. Give the man like a month off or something or just like hold out, limit his minutes and then give him an extended break around the all-star game. But the PJ Tucker minutes, I feel like they some of those more of those should start going to Matisse Thibel. I I agree with you. I was kind of the same way like you when they signed PJ Tucker to that contract. I didn't understand it. I wasn't, like you said, a big fan of it just because what they were asking from PJ Tucker is the same thing you can get from Matisse Dybul. Right. But at a cheaper level. Right. It's asking them to go, you know, not even they're not asking Tucker to shoot, really. They're just asking Tucker for defense. I feel like that's something Matisse Thibel can do. And I think also what we've seen Matisse Thibel do this season, which I think is a credit to him and just, you know, him taking his game to another level. We've seen him take more three point, more three point shots this season. He's trying. He's trying. And, you know, I, that's commendable. And that's something that you that you need right in a three and D wing. If PJ Tucker not going to put up threes, I need someone that's going to put up shots in addition to putting up points. And, you know, just doing defense. So I, I agree with you. I definitely think we need to see more Thibel, you know, minutes because, yeah, he's – I know P.J. Tucker is supposed to be, like, the better defender, but Thibel, honestly, is your best defender. I I think in certain – like I said, in certain matchups, like against the, the Celtics, the Nets, or any team in the West with uh, heavy guard rotation, I think mm-hmm. Thibel has to get way more minutes. That that's just me, and that I I would just like to see more of that, like three guard lineups with Matisse as one of the guards. Yeah, because I, De- I don't agree. I don't disagree with you. De'Anthony Melton's only going to be able to defend so many positions. Matisse Thibel can defend way more. Yeah, I, I agree, man. <laughs> I, and I, we just hope Doc Rivers sees the same thing that we see, right? Like yeah, we hope that help. they don't. One can we hope. hope. Yeah, you just hope he sees that, just because again. Like you said, when you play against teams like the Celtics, all right, I grant it, we get it, right? You have to do that. But when we're talking about you're going against teams that may have more athletic wings on the perimeter than what PJ Huck, PJ Tucker can handle at his age, you got to go with the younger guy here yeah, in Thibault. And I, I'm not asking PJ Tucker to step in front of Chris Middleton, even though he's hurt right now, but he's not going to be hurt forever, right? And PJ Tucker's not going to be out here chasing around Jalen Brown. I was, I was just about to say he's, or, he's Jason, not or Jason Tatum. Like he's not chasing those dudes around. Hell no. Or OG Ananobi. If no, you know that the Raptors no. make the playoffs, it's God not happening. No. All right. So that's so that's my New Year's resolution for the Sixers. Do you have one that sprouts to mind right away? My New Year's resolution for the Sixers. I know this might be like not like 
on like it's like super off the cuff but here we go my my, my new year's resolution is i want to see mac mcclung be on this roster or get a two-way yes thank you <laughs> okay <laughs> let me I, let me provide some context here i have jovan and i both have been saying this for what a month and a half now yeah I, for a long time make the case make the case Make the case for the people because I am tired of doing it. I'm exhausted. I mean, just what you get from this kid. I mean, he, he got he got him in a trade in the offseason, you know, for Shaq Harrison, who's now out with the South Bay Lakers. Mac McClung was rookie of the year last year in the G League, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's nothing to sneeze at with no, the caliber not at all. with the caliber of player and for the caliber of player that we once remembered Mac McClung in college, right? He wasn't the he he had a name coming out of college and coming into college, but wasn't that he kind of came into his own in his last year at Texas Tech, right? Not yeah. so much at Georgetown. Figured it out at Texas Tech, carried it over into the G League last season, you know, with South Bay and was just doing a little bit of everything, stuff in the stat sheet. I think it was like 20. He I knew he was averaging at least 20 points, you know, giving you some rebounds, giving you some assists, doing it all, you know, for a South Bay Lakers team who didn't really technically have a point guard like they do in Shaq Harrison this mm -hmm. season. So you get him in a trade, come on to the Sixers, and we know the Sixers had two-way spots set out this season. I think, who were they with when the season started? I think it was Charlie Brown and, no, was Charlie Brown on two-way? Yeah. I think it was Charlie Brown was on the two-way and what, Michael Foster? Michael Foster was on two-way. Which I think he should still be on a two-way, but I digress too. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Sixers and development don't go together. So, but wow, <laughs> Jesus! All right, something we all know, but shots fired anyway. <laughs> but no, I with him, I think you know they've signed multiple guys to two ways already over this season. They've signed Saban Lee to a two-way, but then they end up waving him, and now they've now given that two-way um, to. Um, to Lewis King from RG from the from the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Lewis King, solid player. I think he had a solid game tonight as we're recording this podcast. I think he had 18 points, 13 rebounds, hit a game winner a couple of nights against Long Island. That's great. But Mac McClung has been that constant force down there in Delaware and has been one of the best guards in the G League this season. I mean, he's up there with a Sharif Cooper and Canton. He's up there with um you know, a Tyler Dorsey with the Texas Legends. He's I was just up there. Say Tyler Dorsey. Yeah, Dorsey's been killing it. I mean, he's he, he's up there. There's one more point guard that comes to mind when I'm thinking the way he's been playing. It's just he's just been playing outstanding basketball. And for a team that could use more guard depth on this team, especially with your especially with you with you not using Jaden Springer, it doesn't hurt to have him on his roster because I think this guy's an NBA player. And it's only gonna be a matter of time. You don't have him on a two-way, it's only a matter of time before someone else comes and takes takes Mac McClung off this roster and he becomes a, a impactful player coming off the bench because you're looking for a guy in him. He's a scorer. He's doing a little better thing in G League, but in the NBA, he's the guy that you want coming off the bench, giving you instant impact and scoring. And I think he can do that off the bench for this team that we know does not get a lot of offense sometimes from from from, you know, from their bench. So with that with that said, can we play a little would you rather Mac McClung or various members of the Sixers bench? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll say these <laughs> names. Some of these some of these are gonna be easy. Some of these might take a little bit of thought. Um mm -hmm. Mac McClung or uh Cork Moth. This might actually hurt my heart a little bit, but just based on the island property that I hold. No, nah, you got no, gotta keep gotta keep Cork Moth. Gotta keep Cork Moth. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. 
uh, Corkmaz or Dan Wellhouse? Uh, Dan I mean, House. I'm, I'm sorry, McClung or Dan Wellhouse. I'm sorry. Oh, Dan House can go. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I I will take Mac McClung over Dan Wellhouse right now. Uh, Without question. Now we get into the 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 weeds of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Shake Milton. Oh, <laughs> you know how much I like my guy. Shake. Yes, I do. You know, you know, like you said, like you're on the uh, Cork Maz Island. I'm on a shake season every time shake goes off. You've been holding uh, the, you've been holding shake Milton stock like the last dude with FTX uh, crypto. I swear to God. Listen, man, I have so many shake Milton autos right now. So, you Seriously. know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm, really, I'm really all there right now with shake Milton. But McClung over Milton. I, uh, I, it's I, tough. I take okay. Right now, January second, two thousand twenty-three. Right now, I take McClung over Milton by the smallest possible fraction yes. of a decimal point. Yes, yes, that's it's, that. That's exactly that's exactly how it is for me. It's very it's like and this and this is where you thin. wish you and this is where you wish you had him on a two way. So you don't have to make that decision of like, all right, Milton's gone, so we got to keep McClung. Yeah. But it's tight. It's razor thin because both of those guys, when they're on, they're good. They're I, solid guards. I I just find it a little bit funny that you uh, still say Korkmaz over McClung. Because we know that if Korkmaz is streaky as hell, we know, but... If he's on, like you can't take that dude out. Like you just can't. And if you do, you're being silly. You should just stop doing it. <laughs> he can't. I, I, I'm with you with Quirk Maz just because I we know a Quirk Maz when he's on, he's on, man. When, when 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 he's when he's knocking down threes and when he's throwing, you know, no look passes, going through the lane like he did against Orlando what last month or in November. I mean, oh, when that he's was going, great. He's good. That was when great. He's, when he's on, he's on. But again, they don't have a head coach that values younger players. But again, that's a whole another story that's for a whole another. Po- that's a whole other podcast whole other that we yeah. that we talk about all the time. Uh, last New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's resolution. This was for the NBA in general. Um, can we uh start talking about Embiid as an MVP candidate? I don't know why he is. I so I somewhat get it. He's He's behind Giannis, Luca, and Jason Tatum. Fine, but he at least deserves to be in the conversation more than I think he is, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I'm, 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 conf- I'm confused by, I'm, I'm, I'm confused by it honestly, about why he isn't really talked about in the conversation, like. And I saw... what he's what he's doing is impressive. I mean, he's leading the league in scoring as a big man. <laughs> and something ridiculous came across my uh, Twitter timeline the other day, where like somebody was saying that just like uh, the the votes uh, for the All Star game, uh, Embiid wouldn't be a starter. I'm like, what? Are, are, okay, we need okay, we need to just sit down and just rethink the whole All Star game process. If Joel Embiid is not a starter, yeah. I mean, like, and, I, and I think that, but that goes back to, then that goes back to a bigger issue of there shouldn't be positions. Yeah. There shouldn't. Big, there shouldn't. You big just start. Guard. You just, That's it. You, yeah. You just go with the best five. 
it, it's in, it's incredible that someone's going to have to be put out that situation, right? Like, yeah. if the All Star game is just one giant pickup game, nobody in a nobody had a pickup game is just going like, all right, I need a center, I need two forwards and two guards. No, they just take right. the best five guards on the, on the concrete that they can right. find. Because I'm sure in the Eastern Conference, you would be more than happy to roll out, you know. If they if they did east west right because we know they don't do that no more but if it was still east west you don't have an issue rolling out and be Giannis Tatum Durant Mitchell as your starting five not at all as a matter of fact I would love to see that as a matter of fact whoever the captains of the NBA squads are yeah make somebody make that a reality just so we can show people how ridiculous positionless basketball is in an All Star game hey man. <laughs> I think even Donovan Mitchell going off tonight. So it's funny. I bring up Mitchell and he's going off tonight. So. Donovan Mitchell has 69 right now, which is unbelievable. What? Dude. Are you kidding me? No. I, last I looked. Dog. Dog. He has 71. He has 71 points. Oh, man. There are there there are Knicks fans that could not be happy right now. Damn. Okay. All right, Donovan. Jesus. All right. Settle down, my guy. Save some. Good wow Lord. <laughs> wow <laughs> sorry to the Sixers fans that listen to this but we brought up Mitchell I mean but she's 71 and 11 for Donovan Mitchell right now holy crap all right so we had so we can't end it there I mean we can no. but we <laughs> I, I do feel like we should say it because at the time of this recording uh we do need to offer all of the thoughts and prayers possible to DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. That was some scary stuff right there. He just made a tackle, stood up, and just collapsed to the turf. And we're just like, oh, crap. Like, what the hell just happened? So hopefully DeMar is in the hospital doing well, getting all the treatment he needs. Uh, shout out to all of his family. Hope they're like I can't imagine what they're going through, but hey, at at least they got him in the ambulance. Like I saw this come across my Twitter feed. If if he wasn't in a hospital, at least he was somewhere where he could get medical attention really fast. Mm-hmm. So one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You just like you said, you pray for him, pray for his family at this time because you know they're going through it right now in the situation. Nobody wants to see that happen on the field no, of player anywhere, no, right? No, no. Not, you not in also, any sport. Right, and you also, you know, you pray for his teammates too, and the Bengals too for seeing that because that's, you know, for the Bengals, that's some bills that's someone that you go to work with every day, right? That's your friend, that's your teammate, and, and you know Bengals and the same thing. They might, they're on opposite sides, but you're still part of the one same NFL, you know, family so you you pray for everybody in this situation because it's it's scary like you said to see that play out like that it's, it's it it breaks you down the the nfl uh at as of 10 3 p.m the time of this recording uh that game has officially been postponed so i i, I guess good on the nfl for doing the right thing like an hour later so to speak i guess but hey i'll take it i guess um Sixers win 121-11. Good fight. Good night, Pelicans. Uh we'll we'll maybe we'll see you in the NBA finals. Who knows? But like like we said, it's a shame that Zion was Zion got hurt in the second half, and then they're already shorthanded without Brandon Ingram. So 
uh, let's just take the win. Yeah, yeah, take the win. I mean, like you said, without Zion, you know, the way, especially with the way they played a couple of nights ago in New Orleans, to come back, pick up the win the way that they did, you know, your two pillars, you know, played well. Harden and Embiid, they kind of like, Embiid got it started, and then Harden picked it up, and then Embiid and Harden kind of, you know, comboed it, you know, the rest of the way. It's a good win. Maxi, even though he, some of his shots didn't go in that we know that he normally makes, to see him, you know, take those shots and, you know, still go aggressive to the rim. Things are going to start getting back into rhythm for him. And then if Niang, if, if he can be that key piece from off the bench, you know, obviously we'll see what happens when Mel, when Maxi, you know, is back, back. And now you have Melton and Niang coming off the bench, you know. It, is, it could be good things for this team. They just got to keep on building and stacking wins. Just keep on stacking wins. Stack wins in this favorable part of the schedule. I am Adil Royster, uh, Jovan Alford, editor of Total Sports Live. Thanks for stepping in. Hopefully I can get you back on the podcast sooner rather than later. Always fun talking to you, my friend. And uh, I will speak to you soon. Same, man. Thanks again for having me on. Thank <laughs> you.